This podcast is brought to you by real-life captioned eroticas. Check the link in the description for the sexy, visualized stories of your dreams. The next story is posted by Reddit user Future Kings. The title of the story is, I found my co-worker's vibrator. An hour later, we were both coming. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the story. I am so embarrassed. Technically, we weren't supposed to check our phones during the workday, but we all did anyway. When Melanie's text popped up on my screen, I laughed quietly to myself and looked to my right, past the three coworkers who separated my desk from hers in our open office. She was looking back at me with a sheepish grin, still blushing. I'm sorry, she mouthed silently. Her expression was a pained smile. Mel looked back at her phone and a moment later, mine vibrated. Her newest message said, I could die right now. This was easily one of the most awkward workplace situations I'd encountered in a long time. During our lunch break, I had to run to my car to grab my phone charger. Since I was braving the cold to go all the way out to our parking lot, Melanie asked if I could get her spare charging cord out of her SUV glove box too. I found her charger, right next to a bright pink vibrator. As a 20-something dude in 2022, I am not phased at all by sex toys. The last girl I dated, Ashley, owned multiple and they made our sex life great. But there is just something deliciously taboo about seeing the source of your 40-something co-workers' orgasms. You know, the fact that she's the person I'm closest to at work made it that much more scandalous. Melanie and I get along really well at the office. We're sort of an unlikely dynamic duo in the company's customer service department. We have this whole good cop. Bad cop routine that somehow neutralizes even the angriest Karen or Ken in minutes. I would never tell her this, but Melanie's bad cop routine sorta turns me on. I always strain my ear to listen to the other side of the office when things get heated. Then I scoot my chair closer to my desk because my dick gets hard and business casual pants are terrible at hiding erections. Speaking of professional clothing, hers always looks amazing. Mel often wears a crisp white blouse and tightly fitted skirt over her knockout body which has only gotten hotter since her recent breakup with her longtime boyfriend Chad. No, really, his name was actually Chad. A few weeks ago she opened up to me about that dumbass cheating on her. Since then, I've tried to be a supportive, personal cheerleader as she has been working on her revenge body and getting back into the dating scene. Hell, it's the least I can do. She did the same for me after Ashley left a few months ago. Even though Melanie's technically old enough to be my mom, We get along great and we've got each other's backs. So when I returned to the break room from the parking lot, I knew I had to give Melanie a hard time. Privately, obviously, I'm not about to embarrass her in front of anyone else. But we were good enough friends that I knew we were both in for a big laugh. Here you go, I said, handing her the little charging cord with a devious grin. I found it pretty easily, but I'm honestly surprised there was room in your glove box for it. She looked up from her quinoa salad with a puzzled look on her face taking the cord in her hand. Why wouldn't there be enough she started? And then her eyes got wide with the realization of what I'd stumbled upon. Oh, my, God, was, did you see, was the, it was in there, I said, not able to hide my delight over her cringe any longer. We were the only ones in the break room, and we were both dying of laughter at this point. Hey, if it's good enough to keep with you in the car, you'll have to let me know where you got it for the next time I'm seeing someone. I said finally, she'll probably appreciate it. Deal. Melanie said, but you can't tell anyone. I wouldn't dream of it. I promised. I will take your secret to my grave. After our lunchtime laughing fit and her apologetic sorry texts, 
We finally settled back into another chaotic afternoon of providing stellar customer service. For about 30 minutes, I heard my phone vibrate in its hidden charging spot behind my monitor. Little did I know I was about to get very distracted. Can you blame me though? Mel texted. Some of these calls just set me on edge. You gotta find a way to distress somehow. Can't blame you one bit, Mel. Hell, after my last call before lunch, I was tempted to use your distressor 3000 LMAO. Let me tell you, it works wonders. I tried to focus on the call on my headset but my thoughts drifted to picturing Mel in her SUV, working out some stress. You might have to show me sometime. Have you ever sent a poorly thought out text because you're horny, and then hated yourself the instant it went through? Yeah. I heard Mel laugh down at her desk. Good. She took it as a joke. Still, on my call, I glanced in her direction. She was typing on her phone and, was it just my imagination or was she biting her lip? Did she want it to be a joke? Suddenly out of nowhere, our manager Todd barged out of his office door, which is immediately behind Mel's desk. Shit. She was busted. Boom Melanie. Do I need to remind you what our company policy is regarding personal cellular devices? He said in his signature nasal voice that made everyone want to rip their ears off. Fuck you, Todd. I thought to myself, we could be texting all day and still do more work than you accomplish in a week. I made a mental note to say that when I inevitably quit. I'm so sorry, Mel said with almost complete sincerity. You'd only know she was acting if you'd spent as much time around her as I have. There's a family emergency, and I was checking in on my uncle. He is having emergency surgery for a bowel prop. Oom, that's quite alright. Melanie, Todd stuttered, realizing he was in over his head. Just, um, just finish up and get back to the phone lines. He shuffled back into his office. Fucking genius, Mel. Only you could turn a discussion about your vibrator into a family emergency and convince Todd to crawl back into his troll cave. With all the excitement over, I managed to finally focus long enough to wrap up my call with what was now a satisfied customer. If I had a dollar for every time I was able to use my bullshit sweet talking to solve a problem, I could leave this awful job. I took a sip of coffee and then heard my phone vibrate again. Turns out my uncle is fine. But Todd definitely just got on my last nerve. Wanna sneak off to my SUV for a live demonstration of the Distressor 3000? I almost spat my coffee onto my desk. I looked down our row of desks to laugh with Melanie. She was looking in my direction, but she wasn't laughing. She had what I can only describe as fuck me face. Or, more accurately, a watch me fuck myself face. Ilmao, is she being serious? I'm serious. She texted. Fuck. She is serious. I looked back down the row of desks. She was already putting on her coat. Holy shit. She is serious. Yes. Cool. SUV. Five minutes. This is actually happening. Todd. You magnificently stressful shitstain of a boss. I owe you one. I tried to gather my thoughts as I watched Melanie knock on Todd's door. I could just barely make out what she was saying. Todd, I am so sorry to do this, but my mom told me to call with some details about my uncle's bowels. Turns out that the doctors found. Apparently, that was all he needed to hear to politely tell her to step out and make the call because a second later she stepped out of the office. And he enthusiastically shut his door. T-minus five minutes. I popped a few Altoids to take care of my coffee breath. What had I done right for the universe to make this happen? It was much easier for me to step away from my desk. I already had an excuse. Every day around that time, I deliver a printed record of our department's calls to our quality assurance team. It's part of the company's unspoken trifecta policy of being as outdated, inefficient, and harmful for the environment as possible. Today my little errand would just take a little longer than normal. In a few minutes, 
I was about to walk out the front door of our office when my phone buzzed with a text from Mel. Front passenger side. K. Already wet. God am. I started to walk faster. I needed to get out into the cold because I felt my dick starting to press against the front of my pants. And I needed the cold air to prevent any unfortunate workplace sightings of my erection. When I arrived at Mel's Escalade, I could feel Percum collecting on the tip of my dick. What was happening inside those darkly tinted windows? I heard the doors unlock. I was about to find out. I took my seat expecting her to be in the driver's seat. The SUV was idling, after all. But it was empty. I was surprised by a breathless voice from the back seat. Took you long enough. I turned around and peered through the gap between the front seats. My mouth fell open. Melanie was facing away from me, kneeling on the middle seat. Her skirt was pulled up to reveal her bare ass. A turquoise thong dangled from her headrest. She was practically naked from the waist down, and the bright pink vibrator that I'd seen in the glove box earlier was being pressed firmly against her exposed pussy. Holy cow, Mel. What? I wanted you to find it. Silly. Wait, what? My brain was completely transfixed by the performance happening in front of me, so I wasn't making the connection. My vibrator. She said, I wanted you to find my vibrator because I want you to think of me like this when you go home from work at night. Her hand was moving faster now, rubbing the bright silicone toy between her visibly cum-covered pussy lips. How? How do I look? She said with a little apprehension in her voice. I realized that in my shock, I wasn't being vocal enough about how much I loved the view from the front seat. Mel, you look fucking amazing. I meant it. Her round ass was bobbing up and down as she ground the hell out of that vibrator. I had unconsciously started rubbing my dick through my pants, and I was fighting the urge to finger her with my other hand. I want you to take your cock out and start stroking it, she said in a voice that reminded me of her bad cop routine. She wasn't playing around. I unzipped my pants and pulled them out, careful not to get precum on the leather interior. Fuck, Mel. Okay, I am. You are what? Tell me what you're doing. Like I said, total bad cop. Two can play at this game of talking dirty, Mel. I am rubbing my hard cock in the front seat of your Escalade while looking at your beautiful pussy. I heard her gasp a little when she heard that come out of my mouth. I swear I saw her legs shiver. We only have a few minutes until they'll be expecting us back inside. She continued. I want us both to come before we return. Can you do that? Yes, but, uh, where do you want me to? Finish. In my mouth. I almost couldn't believe my ears. I am going tea to come. She continued. And then I want you to come in my mouth. See can you do that? Yes, absolutely yes. Good. Now put your fingers in my pussy. I had no clue that my coworker had such a dominant streak in her. I was loving it. While still rubbing my dick, I reached back and slowly pushed a finger into Mel's pussy. It was unbelievably warm and wet. I said fingers plural. She said firmly. I am not going to come until two of your fingers are in my fucking hole. I was actively having to try not to come at this point. Her filthy mouth was making my balls ache and I could tell I couldn't hold out much longer. I forced two fingers inside her up to my knuckles, feeling smooth, slippery parts of Melanie that I'd only seen in my occasional wet dreams. She started moaning louder, and it was my turn to make a request, or more accurately, a demand. Put your panties in your mouth. Mel looked back at me with a huge grin on her face. She wasn't used to hearing that kind of talk from the good cop. She didn't say anything. There wasn't much she could say at this point, with me finger-banging her. She just took her thong and stuffed it in her mouth. With her sufficiently muffled, I was ready to make her come. You see, I knew a secret about Mel. A secret she'd told me. One time when we were out for drinks after work, she drunkenly admitted to me that she wished Chad would play with her ass. I never brought it up again, afraid that it would have made things awkward between us. But now, with my hand halfway inside her, 
It hardly seemed like anything would be awkward between us. Can I touch your ass, Mel? The hand in control of her vibrator paused momentarily like I had somehow read her mind. She sighed. In one smooth sequence, I doubled the speed of my hand going in and out of her pussy. Let go of my throbbing cock, and with my now free hand, I pressed the soft part of my thumb gently against Mel's tight asshole. It was like I had pressed a magical button. She instantly began to squirm, and I felt her pussy contract around my fingers. She dropped the vibrator and clutched at the headrest in front of her. If she hadn't been gagged with her panties, anyone standing in the parking lot would have heard her shout holy fuck at the top of her lungs. But I was the only one to hear it through the fabric in her mouth. I smiled and didn't let up for a second. I only kept massaging her twitching little holes. When the moment had passed and she had collected herself enough to turn around, we made eye contact for the first time in what felt like a wonderful eternity. She was grinning ear to ear as she took her panties out of her mouth. Your turn. Are you ready for me to make you come? She asked. I nodded frantically. She reached into the front seat and took my dick in her hand. My turn was significantly less complicated. At this point in the story, I am comfortably telling you I'd fantasized about Mel touching my cock a million times before. Normally I wouldn't be proud of being a two-pump chump, but that is exactly how many strokes it took her to make me almost fall out of the passenger seat. I'm happy I even lasted that long, considering how much work I'd already put in on myself. M. Mel, I am about T2. She already knew what I was about to say. She could feel that telltale throb. Lean forward and come for me she whispered. She pulled my whole body forward so I was nearly more in the back seat than the front. Then she took my dick inside her lips, over her tongue, down the back of her throat. Like an unbelievable magic trick, I watched with wide eyes as my whole shaft disappeared into thin air. Or, more accurately, into Melanie. I emptied three years worth of pent-up sexual fantasies into her eager mouth. She must have still been continuing her bad cop routine because she kept sucking on me I thanked her. F fuck, Mel. Tea that feels so fucking good. She still didn't stop, even as my body was writhing. I started pleading. Why you're gonna am make me fall over? Mel, tea that feels too good. With my cock still in her mouth, she looked up into my eyes and then, ever so slowly, leaned back. She was undoing her trick. The big reveal. Releasing my spit-covered shaft inch by inch until she was leaning back against the seat with a big smile on her face. I collapsed in the passenger seat, exhausted. She listened to me panting. I listened to her getting dressed. See you inside in five minutes, she said casually before turning off the SUV and tossing me the keys. If they ask, I'll tell them you're stuck chatting with someone in quality assurance. You're a saint, Mel. No, I'm the bad cop, remember. You're a fucking dirty cop, that's what you are. I corrected, says the guy who somehow knew I wanted you to be touched. Back there, Mel said with a laugh. I wasn't about to mention her drunken confession at the bar. Maybe we're both fucking dirty cops. I said, I think you're right, see you inside, partner. She opened her door and walked back toward the office, pausing halfway to turn and wink at me. I sat there in our police cruiser for the next five minutes, completely speechless and satisfied.